Angie's List is now Angie. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or you're planning your dream renovation, Angie connects you with top local pros who can get the job done right. See reviews, compare quotes, and book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com and for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. So after 15-something candidates and numerous debates, former President Barack Obama has decided to endorse Joe Biden after everyone else have dropped out. Now, is that really endorsement? But I guess looking at it from Obama's point of view, you know, do I really want to endorse this guy? And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Yeah. Maybe it's that. Or maybe it's the sexual harassment allegations. America. Here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I am your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, it's all the same at TrendChat247. And if you want to connect with us, also you can check us out on TrendChat247.com. Also available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all just most popular podcast outlets. So before I get into anything, let's mention who we have on. For this episode, we have Dr. Jonathan Ball, 
with Remote Health Solutions. And we're going to uh, play our interview with him um, coming up. So just want to make sure I put that out there. I've noticed in the past couple of episodes, I get there talking. And next thing I know, I forget to even mention our guests and anything like that. So there, I got out there. I'm obviously going to mention <laughs> mention it again. So um, I guess one thing I noticed is um, with everything that's been going on, and being on the road, uh, it's getting <laughs> scheduling to put out these podcasts is getting a little bit harder because I'm just like all over the place right now. But that being said, I just got to be more proactive as far as getting the scheduling um, back on track and just kind of um, get things together a little bit sooner. I, I tend to procrastinate just <laughs> So a lot of times everything's kind of done, you know, spontaneously, but I, you know, with everything going on now and the times and everything, anyway, I also given with me being on the road, I guess I should give a bit of an update as far as how it, <laughs> how it looks from my perspective out here on the road, I guess. And, um, so I guess to go back as far as how it looks, at some of these um, uh, retail stores, whether it's Walmart, Target, or whatever, uh, haven't found not one bottle of sanitizer on the shelf. Put it, let me put it that way. Um, I might have saw it in the back of the truck, but by the time I try to go into the store and see it on the shelf, I haven't seen it on the shelf yet. Ever since this whole, you know, this whole pandemic started at least when everybody just started buying toilet paper and all that stuff um toilet paper's back for the most part in most places I've, I've been to that is at least on the shelf some places is almost fully stocked but um but when it comes to like you know lysol any sort of disinfectant spray i saw a few like you know well disinfected wipes not the lysol brand just the store brand but at least I saw some, at least there were some on the shelf. And so I'm starting to see that, um, here and there. But like I said, hand sanitizer that is, is nowhere to be found, at least not at the time, um, when I'm going in and I'm normally not, normally not going in, um, first thing in the morning, because one thing, like I mentioned in previous episodes is that your best bet is to go first thing in the morning, which is true. Um, even though I may, I may say I, I don't see any, um, hand sanitizer on the shelf. What I do see by the time I get there is boxes where the sanitizer used to be. <laughs> so I know it, they were there. So, but it's not like they're getting the, enough supply to restock the whole shelf. They're normally probably getting a couple of boxes. And like I said, if you don't get there first thing in the morning, it's pretty, you know, pretty sure it's going to be gone because that's I'm guessing that's where everyone is going as soon as the door is open and when I think about you know like Walmart because their super center you know it used to be 24 uh, 24 7 but ever since it's been going on they close around 8 30 or whatever in some places or or maybe a little bit later but either way they close and open now um for the time being and so a lot of places i've noticed at least walmart they open at seven um and then they have a a uh, a set time before from six to seven for just 
uh, for elderly people to shop, which is, as I mentioned before, it's a, um, that's a great idea. That's great um, that they are doing that. But um, but so, yeah, so people are waiting at seven. And but like I said, I'm guessing they're probably just shooting straight over to the pharmacy aisle, or at least the pharmacy area and trying to get the maybe couple of bottles of hand sanitizer for the day. And that's it. So anyway, I am noticing that now. One thing I noticed, too, is um, there's just some towns that are just closed to non-residents and visitors where I would be on the freeway and see a sign saying this town is closed to non-residents and, and it's you know it's on the <laughs> on the side of the road and um and like there's i guess in some of these towns where they can have enough uh police officers to patrol <laughs> the roads and so they'll have a um, police officer at the i guess the city limit or wherever town it is and ask your business <laughs> and, um so yeah so i'm you know i'm seeing that in some towns some towns across the country and um being a trucker they just they pretty much leave me alone they don't really ask any questions one i mean i'm in a 18 wheeler i mean you can tell that i'm not just you know <laughs> A visitor or just driving through or just visiting or whatever whatever they know i'm pretty much i'm there for business i'm not just driving the truck just for leisure <laughs> so that being said we are given um a letter that basically states that we are conducting essential business just in case we come across someone that wants to question what you know why are we on the road which again i found absurd because i'm in I'm in a semi truck. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? I'm just driving around. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you know, I'm pretty sure it probably happens. So that's why we have those letters in our trucks now. So also, President Trump has been talking about reopening the economy. He has unveiled his um, plan to reopen the economy, which is uh, in like, three phases. And so far, uh, there's a good number of states that are looking to be ready to start phase one, which kind of I don't know if I mentioned this. I think I did in the last episode or maybe a couple episodes ago is that when we reopen the economy, that is not going to be all at once. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned that. Not, I think I did, but it, it's going to be um, gradual. It's going to be in like like the president has has done it's going to be in phases and so when i heard about about this it's not something i was surprised to hear it's i mean it sounds like the smart thing to do but uh that being said as much as the president want to talk about opening the economy i think we need to realize that uh you know these Democrats from D.C. all the way down to the county level, you know, whether it's the governors and most major cities are run by Democrats and they will, you know, they wield a lot of power, which they <laughs> we have seen in a number of states and cities. And now that President Trump is talking about reopening the economy, they meaning Democrats and also their friends in the media as well are just going to fight 
um, whatever, whatever plan that the president is implementing or wanting to implement, they're going to try to undermine it at every, every point that they can, <laughs> every, any way they can, they can make it seem like this is the wrong thing to do, whether they agree with it or not. It's just strictly politics. Um, but I mean, it's, they won't say that it'd be in the name of public, you know, public safety, of course. But um, they're going to try to, you know, either try to say, well, this is too fast or we or we shouldn't do it this way. We should do it another way, anything. And yeah, one, I think a lot of these, you know, especially the Democrats in particular, and that's what Republicans that's doing this, too, or at least falling um, subject to it as well, only because they just don't want to be held liable. Um, so if anything, I'll, I'm not going to say all, but I'll say well, most of the Democrats, I think, are doing it strictly um, because <laughs> this is uh, their ideal scenario to to use their power to control people, to tr have as much control as possible. Um, as far as Republicans go, I'm pretty sure there's some Republicans that are the same just as much as the Democrats, you know, the, the rhinos out there. But I also think there are other uh, Republicans who are are uh, basically doing this out of fear because um, they don't want to be held liable if they are basically going to be accused of not doing enough. If, you know, if just one person gets sick by doing something different than what the Democrats are doing, which is just basically, you know, to totalitarian control. And if they're not doing what those Democrats are doing and one person gets sick, uh, one person dies then they're all of a sudden they're like, well, you didn't do enough for your state or for your County or for your city or whatever. And so from that fear, they're going on right along with what these Democrats are doing. And, um, even if they probably don't agree, but they just scared, just scared of just about as much as people are <laughs> as far as wanting to give up our freedoms and everything and not even bat an eye when some of this is going on. I mean, we've shown for one, unfortunately, I mean, through 9-11, I've, I've mentioned this before that, you know, when um when fear is in play, uh, you know, our freedoms tend to be secondary, <laughs> um, especially to a, at least a, a good number of people. So whether it's, you know, people out in uh, up, up in Michigan and having the, the governor up there just <laughs> making a way you can't even buy seeds and at, at the same at, and in the same sentence, almost probably in talking about wanting to ban people from buying seeds, then, they, then she want to turn around and say something like abortion is. Um, life sustaining, which is just totally absurd. <laughs> I'm trying to find another word. I already said absurd before, but still, it, it is just life sustaining, really. Abortion. Uh, that's the exact opposite because you're, you know, with abortion, you are 100% not sustaining one life. <laughs> so, but, and I mean, it's not just there in Michigan. I mean, it's across the country. Like I said, most major cities are run by Democrats. And so even though President Trump is talking about opening the economy, you're going to have these governors that are still going to try to keep things locked down. 
like I said, in the name of public safety, but just because it's um, something from it's an idea from President Trump, because if this was the other way around, there'd be the, um, if this was Obama in office, they'd be trying to open the economy up probably sooner. <laughs> so, no, they probably wouldn't have shut down at all a lot of, in a lot of cases. But because of President Trump, they just want to do anything they can to um, just to basically undermine him at, at every step. So anyway, that being said, um, also this whole this whole pandemic is is going on and. You know, I've been talking about this for the past couple of episodes. I mean, over a month. And so luckily we finally have a doctor to talk about all of this and also talk about his company, Remote Health uh, Solutions. So after a word from the founding project, we're here. Our interview with Dr. David Ball. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's Civics Education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our Educational Meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Commentary as subtle as a sledgehammer. This is Trend Chat. Hello, this is Trend Chat. And we are very pleased to have Dr. Jonathan Ball with us. He is the Chief Medical Officer and Co-Founder of Remote Health Solutions, a telemedicine company. And we want to bring him on, not only because, you know, to actually have an expert opinion as opposed to hearing me ramble on about all this, and actually hear from a doctor for once. So we're very glad to have him on. So. How you doing, Dr. Ball? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So first, let's get really basic before I get into everything about telemedicine. What is COVID-19? So I don't even know what that means. I mean, we're saying it all the time. Uh, like, is that what do they even what does that even mean? That word? You know, that, well, that's that's a that's an excellent question because I think there's still a lot of people who are like, well, listen, I, I hear this phrase all the time. And then uh, I hear, I know it's a coronavirus, so, so really what is this? Um, and I, I love to educate. So let's talk a little bit about uh, this virus to start with. So this virus is a, a type of virus that lives in a family that's called a coronavirus family. And it's based, they label those based upon their, their shape. And, uh, and this particular coronavirus is called the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus. So that SARS stands for um, uh, acute respiratory syndrome. Uh, the, uh, the the COV that that's the coronavirus, and two is it similar to the SARS virus back um, you know 17, 18 years ago? Um, more more similar to that in structure. What the COVID nineteen stands for is that the CO it's the coronavirus or the corona, and then the virus COV, um, uh, and then the D is for the disease of COVID-19 because it was first discovered in the tail end of uh, 2019. So COVID-19 really has to do with the disease. We have become uh, to use it universally for the, the virus itself, but really it's the name of the disease that the 
that the coronavirus causes. So COVID-19 has become universally known as for the virus, but really it's the disease. We use it to interchangeably at this point. Okay. So, yeah, that that sheds a lot of light on all of this because I knew none of that. Now, I guess let's get even a little more basic because what the – where does coronavirus come from? Because I I know this is not some conspiracy from beer companies to make Corona, you know, devalued. You you are correct. I am almost one hundred percent positive it is not from any beer company. Um, uh, <laughs> now now where the coronavirus is, coronaviruses as a whole they um, uh, they are in our community. Um, there are several types of coronaviruses that, uh, that I diagnose as an ER doc quite frequently. They're one of the common cold viruses. Now, the difference with this is this is a new virus that has not been in the community, that has not been in the human population at all before. Um, uh, we most think that this came from a bat. Um, the way that this works when a new virus goes from an animal to a human is there has to be some mutation in there. And so it changes enough that it can go from an animal to a human. And normally that's where it stops. It stops in this animal to human transmission. Um, that happens sometimes. We, you know, we obviously don't know how often that happens. But uh, then what happens next is when it can go from a human to human transmission. And that's what really makes some of these um, uh, significant, like, like the swine flu, the H1N1. Um, uh, this, the previous SARS virus and the MERS virus, we believe that these came from a, this came from a bat, um, uh, because that's what the previous SARS and MERS did. There is a coronavirus sort of reservoir within a certain bat population. And so whether it's, you know, people talk about them, whether this was a, a bat that was ingested, eaten, or whether this was one that came from, you know, sort of airborne droplets from, uh, from bat to human, it's a little tough to be able to know right now because there's still so much research. So, so that's that's some of the thing about this coronavirus. It's different um, in structure. The coronavirus is in our community, in human population, all the time. But this one's different, and it not only is it different in the fact that it it, it came and now it goes from human to human, um, but the fact that we don't have any immunity to it is one part of the big problem. And then a couple of other problems is it's very highly transmissible. It's about three times as transmissible as most viruses, especially um, including the influenza virus, and it has a pretty high mortality rate, meaning, um, uh, one, it goes from human to human easy, and two, it uh, it, it kills uh, fairly effectively. If we look comparatively, um, uh, influenza, you know, well below 1%, uh, about um, about 0.1% uh, mortality rate, and this, uh, this SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 virus, has a pretty big spread between about one and a half and 12% mortality rate, depending upon location and uh, um, our medic- medical accessibility. So, for instance, right now, um, Italy has about a 12% mortality rate. Spain has just under 10%. Worldwide, we're about four and a half or 5%. And in the United States, we're about 2%. Okay. And you have been seeing some of these patients um, who have coronavirus, correct? Sure, yeah. So um, I work in two different avenues here, and one is as a practicing ER physician, and the other is as a, a chief medical officer, co-founder, as you mentioned, of Remote Health, which is a telemedicine company. And so we get to see um, a sort of, or I get to see 
I get to see live patients, uh, you know, interact with me in an ER setting, and then I get to see remote patients um, over telemedicine. And we think that we were actually the, the first um, company to monitor uh, a, a, a patient in this pandemic remotely in their home. Because um, when we were on a call with the CDC and we were asking if, if this had been done yet, they, they hadn't, nobody else um, was able to say that they had. So, so we, we see patients remotely, we monitor them um, at home, make sure that they check their vital signs and, and, and do well that way. But then also I see patients both under investigation and positive um, uh, COVID-19 tests um, uh, as a physician. Okay. And so with um with the coronavirus and everything that has um, been going on the past couple of months uh, with this, I know you mentioned some of this kind of um, just a few minutes ago, but I, I guess how would you, as far as different viruses that have been going on, you said that this has a higher, um, you know, mortality rate and everything. So that would be, um, that would be, I guess, the main factor as far as what makes this so, um, so different from other um, pandemics that we've had. Yeah, it's, it's sort of two things, right? It's it's uh, it's that transmissibility rate um, uh, is very highly transmissible from person to person. That's why we're doing the whole stay at home, self quarantine, isolation, um, um, and then it's also the mortality rate, like you mentioned. And it's, um, I mean, looking at this pure science wise, it it's pretty impressive. In, in the fact that some of the pandemics that we've seen in the past or some of the epidemics that never became pandemics um, uh, didn't become pandemics, didn't go worldwide because the mortality rate was too high. So, for instance, um, MERS, which was another coronavirus, it had like a 30% mortality rate. And so it killed um, uh, many of its um, uh, victims, and it was pretty fast in doing that. But what's different about this uh, COVID-19 is the fact that it's, per it's very highly transmissible, it has a long, relatively long incubation period, up to 14 days. During that, after about the second or third day, maybe up to the fifth day, it's transmissible. So you may not even have symptoms. You're able to trans transmit this uh, this virus to another human. And then it has this uh, reasonably high mortality rate. So it doesn't kill its host right away, but it's able to be spread during that time. And then it has a high enough mortality rate to be very significant without um, like killing off all the hosts so they can still spread more. So that's some of the things that makes it different. Why it's gained so much notoriety over the past, you know, a month and a half, uh, really, and over the past about four months worldwide. Now, one of the, um, I guess, aspects of all this is been told by, by many people that you can show symptoms between two to 14 days. And I think a lot of people I mentioned before in episodes past about the whole idea of, you know, staying at home and social distancing and everything like that. It's not the fact about getting sick. It's about the fact that you may go on for days or two weeks at the most and be spreading it around and not even know it. No, you're, you're exactly right. That's the whole point of staying at home is to be able to protect those who um, have a higher rate of uh, mortality or severe symptoms. So about 81%, that's, that's the number that I'm reading most, most currently, 81% of patients will have mild 
to no symptoms. So maybe maybe they might feel like they've got a mild cold, or maybe they're just not they're ace, completely asymptomatic. So that's 81%. Um, um, and then uh, we we're looking at um, another. Um, let's see, let me figure out. Let me remember the numbers. I'm not sitting in front of them. I think it's another 14% that um, we have um, severe symptoms, and then we have five percent. Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey, where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection, all in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com/news. Sent that are that are um, uh, critical symptoms, and then out of that, you know, like we said, we've got about a two percent mortality rate. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, eighty-one percent, eighty, eighty-one percent of patients will have mild and no symptoms at all, and then another fourteen percent will have pretty severe symptoms, and then that last five percent are going to have um, a really critical symptoms, even if even if they're not, um, even if they don't succumb to it, even if they don't die, they're they're very sick. They're in the ICU. Um, uh, they probably will get intubated. Those are the ones that are very sick um, in the hospital. Now, for the people who may be asymptomatic, uh, are we going to get to the point where everyone would have to be tested just to, just to make sure you're not just carrying the virus, you know, for however long? So more more testing is better. I always say more data is better. So the more that we can test, um, then the more that we'll know. And one of the things that we're going to have to start doing is there's a couple of different types of tests. The common test that is out right now is a, a type of test that sort of measures the presence of the virus in your system. And and so that says, do you have the disease right now? And we're going to be moving into a different different type of testing um, uh, that measures antibodies. And so we'll measure ICM and IgG antibodies. And so that's where what you're asking is, it, that's when that will really, really help is, because we can measure, we can, you know, somebody's asymptomatic, swab them with the current swab and say, well, you don't have it. You don't know if they don't have it, if they're immune, or if they've already had it. Um, uh, but mm-hmm. with an IgG, IgM, and the antibody test, then we can know um, uh, whether they've had it and recovered um, uh, or whether they're newly symptomatic based upon the antibodies. Okay. So with all of this, and being the chief medical officer and co-founder of Remote Health Solutions, so how is tele, you know, telemedicine? How is that, you know, well, one for people that don't know what telemedicine is, we just let them know uh, what that is that, along with your your company. Sure. Yeah. Um, so classically, telemedicine was it, it's remote patient care. Uh, historically, it was it was, first was just that. Uh, you know, talk to a doctor or a provider over the phone, you know, that's where telemedicine, so that telephonic communication was the first. And then uh, came in the ability to add video and then, you know, video and voice together, think to like FaceTime or Skype or something. And and now what we've done additionally is add in the ability to gather data so we can we can check vital signs, we can listen with a stethoscope, we can get an EKG, we can do all this stuff remotely without ever being in front of the patient, depending upon which device we're using um, uh, in front of the patient. So since we have a, we have kind of two main arms of our of our business, Remote Health Solutions. We have um, uh, a, a governmental side where we work uh, 
extensively with governmental agencies and, and the Department of Defense, the DOD, and we supply devices to, um, for them to, to monitor patients and to, to connect um, a patient and a physician remotely. And then on the commercial side, we deal a lot with um, Medicare and Medicaid patients where we send a small tablet home with a, a, a chronically ill patient, somebody who maybe just has high blood pressure or diabetes or congestive heart failure or something like that, and uh, we monitor their vital signs and we respond to those alerts that uh, our, our device and our platform give us when those vital signs change so that we can improve their outcome. So those are the two big avenues of, of what we do. And so it was an easy transition for us to be able to step into taking care of COVID-19 patients because with our larger devices that are located in hospitals, clinics, FEMA tents, those type of things, um, that we can gather some more data. Um, uh, we, uh, we're using those um, as, we, as we set up mobile tents and to be able to connect um, uh, clinics or rural hospitals with specialists or to provide some EICU, some, some um, um, uh, tele-ICU services as well, but then also our smaller devices we send home with patients who either are um, persons under investigation or they are, excuse me, <laughs> um, or they are diagnosed, but they're, they're mildly symptomatic. They don't have to stay in the hospital. Maybe they're moderately symptomatic, but they're a pretty healthy person, so we can send them home, watch their vital signs, and respond to, to any alerts. And if they need to come into the hospital to, to stay there, we have that ability. Or if they, if they just need some more telemedicine intervention, we can do that as well. And so I guess how are you able to do all this remotely? Like, yeah. or what? So, so when, we, when we enroll patients, um, uh, in home monitoring, then we send them a, a, a little packet and that has a small little tablet in it, kind of seems like an iPad mini, um, okay. with some special, special software on it. And then in conjunction with that, we send them a, a little, kind of like a little, um, um, little bag that has, you know, a blood pressure cuff in it, it has an oxygen saturation, a heart rate monitor, a thermometer, and then sometimes we send a glucometer to check their glucose if they need to, and sometimes we send them a scale if they need that as well. And then what those devices do is they, they are Bluetooth linked to that little tablet. So then that patient every day is able to step on the scale and then it forwards to their, their tablet or they check their blood pressure and it forwards to their tablet. And then that information goes from the tablet, stays on the tablet, but it also goes up to the cloud. And then that cloud is accessible by our providers our physicians, our monitoring technicians, and our nurses, and we use a little bit of artificial intelligence, well, AI, that alerts us when those are changing, and that's and that's how we respond. So we gather that data through Bluetooth technology that goes to the goes to the device, and the device goes to the cloud, and that cloud responds to us. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, you mentioned that earlier, and I, I guess I wasn't putting two two together about the tablet and all that because I was. I was still wondering as far as how it all works out because I was trying to think of it myself because personally it's something I have never um, used or heard of it before. Um, but when I heard of the term telemedicine, it was I was always thinking about telephone. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, sure. But now, with, you know, yeah, but with technology now, you can be able to do as as far as what you're saying now with video and have everything you know synced up with Bluetooth and a tablet and all that. And at this time, this is a great resource that I think so, at least. It's a great resource for people, especially if you want to take them to the hospital or the clinic 
and it will cut down on a lot of, you know, unnecessary visits. Now, one thing I want to mention before we go is uh, treatment. So are we seeing any treatments? I mean, we're hearing a bunch of different things about treatments that may be, you know, coming or whatnot. In your opinion, are there any real treatments, at least right now? Yeah, that's that's really that's a tough question, and and the reason why is because we don't have a lot of data yet, um, and but we're gaining that data right now. It's kind of the main treatments right now that are being looked at is this hydroxychloroquine. It's a drug that's been around for about 70 years. We know quite a bit about it. It does have some side effects um, uh, with QT prolongation. That's that your heart rhythm um, it has the ability to change that. That's that's actually fairly rare. It has some opportunities to affect your retina, your eye, that's also fairly rare. Um, actually, it's actually very rare, and then uh, um, has some issues that can have a little bit of issues with your kidney, which is also very, very rare. Um, and then, so that's, that's probably the main one that people are hearing about right now, hydroxychloroquine, that um, in addition to uh, a common antibiotic, azithromycin, um, and then maybe plus or minus an antiviral as well. That's... Uh, it's funny, I was just talking to a couple of my, my ICU friends, uh, pulmonary critical care guys, just this morning. And a couple of them are using it. To, well, actually, pretty much everybody's using it right now uh, because it's, it's the best thing that we have. I know one guy um, told me, one of my buddies said, I don't think I'm seeing any improvement with any of my patients who are on it. I, another one said, Justin, I, I really think that all my patients who are on it are doing better. And then another one said, you know, I'm kind of half and half. I'm not quite sure. So so the the spectrum is still across the board as far as whether or not this hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin is effective. There are some known side effects, but it's probably the best thing that we've got. There's going to do some more study, and we'll get, we'll get an answer here pretty quick. The FDA has come out and um, not cleared it as a, as a treatment, but has um, a sort of uh, freed it up as an option, um, a known off-label use for it um, to be able to say, yeah, this, this is an option. Um, we've heard some other things out there, um, what we call convalescent plasma. So those who have had the disease and gotten better, they're, um, they're taking their plasma and using that as a treatment. Um, that's got a lot of um, study yet to be able to do to be able to figure out whether that's actually taking their um, good antibodies and uh, um, uh, utilizing that. So that's, that's an additional option. Um, some additional things that are out there are some antivirals and some antiretrovirals. So probably have the, the least the antiretrovirals like HIV medications, those seem to be the less, least effective out there. Some of the antivirals, though, like rendesimavir, um, uh, that is um, uh, maybe, maybe effective as well. Okay. Well, you know, I'm not even a doctor, but, you know, I would just say, for one thing, people are different. So as far yeah. as the reaction goes to for every, every person, I mean, it's, it just depends. <laughs> I mean, everyone has different conditions and different, a whole bunch of different factors that go go into it. So, yeah, it, it's going to take some time. But I, I understand. I mean, for one, with the economy and everything shut down, we we want to we want to fix, we want a quick fix. But I mean, yeah. unfortunately, we you know it may take some time, um, and we just may have to do some, um, have to, you know, change the way we can do things. But hopefully, we'll be able to at least be able to get. <laughs> Get moving again, at least. So, um, I, I agree. So, oh, so um, if people want to know more about Remote Health Solutions and want to either, I guess, find you on social media or whatnot, where would it go? Yeah. So, so our website is uh, rhs 
rhsusa.com, remotehealthsolutionsusa.com, so rhsusa.com. Um, uh, we've got solutions. We've got answers. We're, we're working across the spectrum, across the nation, um, uh, trying to help. Thank you. Okay. Dr. Bob, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Have a great day. Be safe. Hey, everybody. It is Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. You are listening to Trend Chat with my man, Brian Bledsoe. Come on with it. Thanks to Dr. Ball for joining us. Now, I don't know if you noticed in the past couple episodes, I've been able to guess to integrate some of these, um, you know, I guess, I guess you would just call them ads, but just wanted to, uh, to have my, I guess, podcast partners, people who are you know, supportive of the podcast. And I've been able to record um a little bit of that and just play it throughout the I guess the music right I'm not going to do that in this one only because um, basically all of our uh, supporters you know podcast partners as we call them are doing something different right now with the whole pandemic going on and so so like trumpmug.com they're selling face mask and sanitizer on their site so trumpmug.com which sells all sorts of Trump-centered gear, flags, pins, um, money, <laughs> uh, coins, and, and and whatnot, mugs, of course, and all that. So TrumpMug.com, they're also selling face masks now and has, uh, hand sanitizer. So if you are looking for some, you can check out TrumpMug.com and get either some uh, face masks and, or sanitizer. And so if you go on TrumpMug.com, you put in the code TRENDCHAT, you get 10% off. So... That's trumpmug.com. No, Trend Chat is the code for 10% off. Also, Culture of Life, 1972, they're also, they're selling masks as well. So, col1972.com. Also there, if you put in the code Trend Chat, you get 10% off as well on there. As a pro-life fashion uh, line where you can check check them out at col1972.com. Cold trend chat, get 10% off there if you want to get a mask from them. Also, 1776united.com. They're also selling masks. They're selling kind of like the um, net gaiters or the, they call them who rags. So it's, it's face coverings. <laughs> That's what they're selling. So they're, so they're all doing something as far as wanting to help out with people that maybe need some, some of these supplies. So, so 17, 1776united.com also put in the code trend chat. You get 20% off on your first purchase. So, yeah. So I want to just put all of those in one because they're all doing something um, different as far as with, uh, for people that want to, you know, try to stay safe, uh, stay safe out there and um, try to, um, try to help people out so with all of those the code is trend chat so whether you go to trumpmud.com or col1972.com or 1776united.com trend chat is the code you get 10 percent at 10 percent at 
trumpmug.com and sealwell1972.com and at 1776united.com it is 20% off so check them all out so hopefully that will help you know people who are um, in need of some some of those supplies now in talking about all of this and all the social distancing that has been going on and I'm pretty sure you probably noticed it when you go in, whether it's Home Depot, Lowe's or any store now where they're having people um, to even have like stickers on the floor telling you where six feet is apart from someone else and all of that. And, you know, it's it's all, you know, in the name of safety and it's, you know, have no problem with it. Now, one thing, actually, I kind of hope some of this stuff stays around even after all this is over uh, especially like those people you know i think we all know those people that really just don't have any um uh, idea or doesn't <laughs> any care for personal space they always tend to stand too close to you <laughs> like, like they'd be all up on you in line <laughs> I, I hope now you know maybe those people actually stand back a little bit more so <laughs> So I, you know, I hope that kind of sticks, sticks around in some sense. I mean, maybe not the full six feet, maybe, but it gives people some space. You ain't got to be all up on them. <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, I, again, you know, I hope everyone got something out of our interview with Dr. Jonathan Ball. And also, again, with um, Remote Health Solutions, maybe you may, you know, might want to take advantage of that instead of you know heading out especially if you're in one of these hot spots where like you know new york or um or where, wherever that's um that maybe you know whatever hot spot that maybe pop up later on and so instead of going to the clinic you'll be able to just do it online and um still get you know still get treatment and still get be seen so and i know a lot of places right now are basically um, having to wear everyone has to wear a mask to go into their store or wherever and you know i know for me personally like i'm cautious as far as what's going on and i i've shared on social media like the little the, the mask that i bought last year that i've um added some stuff inside to to be more of a filter and i know some out here which you know which is their right if they don't want to go out with a mask that's fine with you know fine with me that's you know it's up to them and you know i know for me i guess i should say say this so i'm cautious and i'm wearing a mask and i'm trying i don't go out um even after all this kind of you know subsides i still will be will be a little cautious before, until we get some sort of widely available treatment or vaccine or whatever like that that would fight this if so you know if for instance if, if i would you know get it and until that point i'll be cautious because um as of right now i'm not really looking to go to either the state convention or the national convention which i was thinking of going to at least the state convention i was more i was definitely thinking about going there um i also had other plans to go to other events which i'm pretty sure will probably be canceled um uh, being a star wars fan i was 
going to go to my first Star Wars celebration later on this year, which I'm pretty sure that's going to get canceled because um, I noticed Comic-Con was canceled last week. And that was in July. And the Star Wars convention is in August. And as a matter of fact, it's, the, it's on the same week as the Republican National Convention, which I was going to work out some kind of way. But either way, I'm not looking to go to either one now. Uh, so even if they go ahead with it, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I won't go. Um, and then again, it just depends on what's um, what's available at that time. If we've gotten to the point that we're um, where we have some sort of treatment or something like that, I may think twice about it and may may go um, as may go. So, but until further notice, I guess right now, I know I'm being cautious for a couple of reasons. One, as we talked about in the interview, you don't know who's asymptomatic. So that's one, that's one reason to be, you don't know who out there or maybe spreading the, the virus and have no clue because they're not showing any symptoms. Another reason is because you have that two day to 14 day window. You don't know who may have it and not showing symptoms yet and still and it could be um, spreading the virus. Who knows? Don't know that percentage of people who, that, that maybe are out there. Then there's a third one. Um, you also have people that may have it and don't care. And I think that's a very, that's a small percentage. I'm not going to say like, you know, there's a, a lot of jerks out there that wouldn't that care less and would do that. But also in that same, I guess, thought process in that same, uh, I guess category I would put in, you also have people who may be desperate and just can't afford to not go out where, like I mentioned a couple episodes ago um, about that 80% of people, um, according to a Forbes article that 80% of people live paycheck to paycheck. And I know we had the stimulus checks and all that, but uh, you know, that, that check's going to run out pretty quick. And you have so many people that have been living paycheck to paycheck and also over what, 50 to 60 people sick. Huh, that'd be good if it was just 50, to 60, but over 50 to 60% of people have less than a thousand in savings. So I'm pretty sure in this month, they probably blown through savings by now. And yeah, like I said, they got the stimulus check and, and even if they're out of work and still not working right now, then you may have some that are, uh, or blessed enough like myself who are part of an, an essential essential business right and all of a sudden if someone one of those people that are working in these essential businesses and they are one of the people who are living paycheck to paycheck and don't have much savings and they come down with these symptoms and or maybe feel it and try to cover it up in the sense of where because they're desperate you know economically where they you know i can't afford to, to not do it until I am just can't go to work. And in that time they've been spreading around as well. So for all those reasons, that's why I'm a little you know cautious right now. And as far as want to limit where I go, as far as anything, even Walmart, I mean, being on the road, like I am, I do have to go. And so, but um, I'm definitely not um, lounging around in there. <laughs> I'm just getting my stuff and getting out of there. Um, so, um, you know, you just get my water or whatever. So anyway, just wanted to just wanted to say that and just wanted to get that out. Now, before we go, 
I want to give a shout out. Um, probably should have done this a little bit earlier, but I still want to give a shout out and for everyone that has been not everyone who has been listening, but I just want to, to point out to people who are, I guess the areas that people are listening, put it that way. Cause I always talk about as far as I've just kind of just, I'm still astonished by the fact of not only people listening here in, in the United States. Right. Um, but then I see like where in the United States and, and I'm still kind of like, wow, I'm just kind of surprised. And then I'm even more surprised by seeing anything, any percentage that is in another country, um, other than maybe Canada. Um, but, um, outside of that, if I see like, I've seen Italy, I've seen Germany, I've seen Russia, I've, I've seen, um, a number of, of international places and which it just amazes me and so i've gotten to the point because one this is my show and well it looks like yeah we need to get to the end end of this but we're gonna i'm gonna do this and i should have done this at the beginning i'm probably start doing this more often but so as far as countries go obviously you know united states is 90 percent as far as the listenership but there's like four percent in uh, listening in france still because i saw france a couple of times before so shout out to everyone in france that has been listening and now i see another country that i haven't seen before and i want to shout this one out so if you're listening in estonia which is from what i saw on the map is close to um i guess like germany germany russia area and so whoever you you are listening in russia you know well, not russia well if you are russia listening now you know shout out but in estonia you know, thanks for listening in France as well as the United States. And so in the United States, I'm going to shout these couple of cities out and I'm out of here. <laughs> so Allen, Texas. Okay. I mean, I'm not surprised there. Um, some of these I'm going to mention, I, I, I have an idea of, who, of who's listening. Cause I know, I, I know someone in these um, cities. So like I said, Allen, Texas, Lincoln, Nebraska. I have an idea who's listening there. Maybe it's somebody, maybe it's more than just who I'm thinking. Maybe it's more than that, which is, you know, again, that's, thank you. <laughs> what I would say, Miami, Florida. Yeah. Appreciate Miami. So, um, weather for Texas. I have an idea who that is, but if it's more than that, thank you. <laughs> and thank you for who, who I think is listening as well. So, and, uh, now the other one, now, it said Estonia. Now it gives the city in Estonia. Now I, I can't mention this. It starts with a T. This Tallinn, Tallinn, Estonia. So I, I don't know if um, I may be saying that wrong. But yeah, again, Estonia. Thanks for listening. Uh, San Jose, California. Appreciate you listening. Salemburg, North Carolina. Appreciate you. Roanoke, Virginia. Appreciate you. Mulberry Grove, Illinois. Appreciate you listening as well. And Middlesbrough, Kentucky. I appreciate you listening as well. Now, there's more. There's other cities as well. But those are the top 10 cities that are listening. So I appreciate everyone listening. Everyone. I just want to shout those out. And if you want to get yours on, if we need to mention it, trenchat247.com. Listen, tell you, you know, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. And until next time, we'll chat with you later.
This isn't just any day, it's the day. The day you welcome new people to your team or welcome an idea that changes everything. Wherever your day takes you, Comcast Business can help. With a network that can deliver gig speeds to most businesses, Comcast Business Security Edge to help protect your connected devices and expert support 24-7. Every day in business is a big day. Comcast Business will keep you ready for what's next. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Hey, welcome to Everything Outdoors. Can I help you find anything? Hey, yeah. Can you point us to the camping gear? Sure, aisle two. Snowboarding? Just bought a new Nissan Pathfinder. It's got intelligent 4x4, and we want to hit the backcountry. Aisle 18. And the boats? Are you sure you can do all this? Up to 6,000 pounds towing, we're good to go. Oh, where's the scuba gear? Return to rugged in the all-new 2022 Nissan Pathfinder. Available intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Towing capability varies by configuration. See Nissan Owner's Manual for proper use.